What is going on, internet? Welcome back to another episode of Nerdy Nomicron, episode 18. Getting ever close to 20. I don't know if we should do something special for 20 or not, but we'll figure it out. Anyways, I am your host, Alex, a.k.a. Snurfin, and joining me, of course, my two homies, Ryan, the Synthetic. What's up, man? Hello, hello. And Ollie, the Vonstrosity. What's going on, homie? Nothing much. Nothing much. Hell yeah. Keeping um, it real. Keeping it real. Just make sure that you're keeping it real doesn't go wrong, because it apparently can. Huh. If Dave Chappelle has taught us anything. <laughs> <laughs> What's everybody been up to this past week? Playing a lot of Destiny. I hear that. Although I think you've definitely been playing more than I have, because I've been pretty deep in that God of War. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Haven't touched that in a little while. I should get to it. Oh, you should. You're missing out. I have also been playing that as well a little bit. Just keeping it to like every Monday, I'll I'll play it on stream. But definitely getting a little further in. I think I'm going to start streaming my new game plus when I get there. Do it. Okay. Speaking of, ladies and gents, children of all ages, I hope there aren't too many children listening to this show. We we swear a lot. I swear a lot. (laughs) <laughs> in fact, I think I've yeah. got the pottiest mouth between the three of us. But it is official. There is a Nerdy Nomicron Twitch channel. Hey. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Uh, and that's what I'm probably going to use a lot to, to do streams and stuff, because I would like to start getting into that. Because um, it seems like a lot of fun, and we can get people to turn out like Javier. Shoutouts to Javier over at Nerd Talk Plus. Go check out Nerd Talk Plus, by the way doing an early shout out because i can um those guys are awesome they like to talk about all sorts of stuff they're kind of like us but american so you know there's that um but yeah no i want to i want to get into i want to do the streaming stuff i want to show people how terrible at video games i am (laughs) (laughs) you gonna do a face cam i don't have a cam so no no, and I don't think Fair people want to see me making weird faces while I play video games. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. Because it's, it's all about the game and, and the enjoyment of it. I don't really get a lot of those thumbnail YouTubers. No, I don't understand it either. But apparently it's it's been a thing for a while, right? Yeah. Which is yep. strange to me, but people don't need to know what I look like. <clears throat> They'll make fun of me more. I don't want that. no i'm kidding (laughs) only half kidding um we just had a watch party recently yeah we we did did. for book of boba yeah it was a damn good wednesday yeah great episode for it was a damn good episode yeah for fans new and old alike what would you know about any of that ollie you're not a star wars person no but as like a newer you know, my knowledge on Star Wars maybe more leans towards what newer fans would know. What and you know about that? Basically that the last trilogy exists. But anyways. I'm sorry, um, did you did you just say that? Yeah, I acknowledge their the, existence. On this podcast? Yeah. I Despite knowing that. how Ryan and I both feel about said trilogy. Yeah. And I love I love to do that to you guys. You are swimming in shark infested oceans, sir. Huh. We are the shot. I got my floaties on. <laughs> <laughs> I jest. I will also acknowledge their existence because they are a thing, and it looks like, despite our best efforts, 
to pretend they don't exist, I'm sure Disney will remind us that they very much do. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <clears throat> new fans like me um, have become fans because of The Mandalorian. So that's what I was kind of more getting at, is like, it. It kind of, it, it's another Mandalorian episode, essentially. It is definitely... Well, I mean, this one's not straight up Mando. This one's a good half yeah, and half. Yeah, yeah. Or the... But, a third, actually, of a, a, a one, one, and one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There was just a lot of like fan service this episode, from what I could put together. Yeah, just, almost just as much as the previous episode, um, just in in different regards, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say that this episode was a lot heavier on the fan service, uh, but yeah, they so. did it. Yeah, I would say oh, 100%. so. Hundred percent. I think they did it in a in a very tasteful way, though. So it didn't it didn't feel Up off his little armor, which. By the way, I swear that when we last saw that pouch, he was just dropping ring mail into it, like rings. I was under the assumption that the pouch had like a medallion or something in it. That's what I thought too, even on the watch party for that episode when I think it was just Alex and I later uh, for episode five. Um, I had said that I thought it was maybe like a pendant, like what um, Mando had given them at the end of season one to uh, escape into the vents from Moff Gideon and find the Covenant. Right. I thought it was going to be one of those. Oh, I thought it was it was like um, something that Mandalorian foundlings get as like a year Mandalorian thing. Well, I mean, he was about to get some Beskar armor. That's as Mandalorian as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, again, we had no idea what that was. But we knew it. being ring mail it was going to be an armor of some kind but like when did it become a a fucking chess piece i don't remember i don't uh, when did he like they don't even show anyone putting it together he just the last shot is the open rag or bandana and then like a hand throwing in a couple of last ring pieces and then it gets tied up did it magically become a chess piece inside the sack? Did Mando make it himself? And if so, why didn't they show that? I think that would have added to the the uh, the emotion of I, I definitely of the episode. Think, I don't think Mando made it himself. I think it was the, the forge keeper, or whatever. Yeah, she's called the armor. The armor. The armorer. But yeah, I, I don't know why they why they didn't put that in. It, it kind of seems like it wouldn't have taken away from it. Like it. It feels like we were left in suspense for no reason, almost. Yeah, kind of a little and, bit. Like I don't think it takes away from the episode at all, but it just seems no, like not at all. Range. It's another uh, watch from Hawkeye. That's what it is. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> not that extreme, but yeah. No, no that you don't even know. That pissed me a, off to know. A red herring. Yeah. Stupid red herring. Stupid. What's the significance of the watch? There is oh. no significance. It belongs to fucking what's her name, Clint's wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh hey, oh hey, honey. By the way, I found your watch. In yeah, New York. I found your watch. Oh, oh, thanks, honey. Why would you try? Why? Why this watch? What's so special about this yeah. watch? Is it just because she used to be an agent, and that's what they wanted to tell us over fucking yeah. six or seven episodes of the, the making us think this Except- watch was something more? Honestly. Except we literally could have pieced together that she was an agent for the fact that she was able to speak like fluent russian in that like previous episode right and like she's running traces and doing all kinds of she was wife in in the chair instead of guy in the chair she was wife in the chair yeah yeah which and it was just a really weak way to to conclude that whole watch thing just to reveal that she was a shield agent like disappointed i'm 
Fucking very... disappointed. God damn. I don't know how we circled to this anyway, but oh, I had to get that off my chest. Thanks, Ollie. <laughs> meanwhile no back on the other side of the galaxy oh uh, <laughs> yes speaking of which you were talking earlier about how disney will try to remind us about the new trilogy every chance they get they did that in this episode right because that with, hut, the, with the huts right the rock hut yeah that's the same rock hut in the flashback in like episode eight where um or was it nine yeah it was like eight oh, right if you're I'm remembering any of that stuff then you would know better than i would (laughs) but yeah it was it was like the whole reason that kylo ren turned to the dark side because luke had that weird premonition that um ben solo was like evil and and was going to go to the dark side anyway so he tried to kill him and then he like he yeah he stopped himself but i'm pretty sure that was the flashback of um where he had like the jedi school or whatever and was training new jedis i don't know how many there were but yeah well, I mean, that's more or less what I meant when I said it, too. It was uh, it was definitely because of those huts. Yeah. And that's because you picked up on that, or Ryan picked one of you two, or you both did. I think, when yeah. When we watched I think, that episode. I think it was me. But um, what planet was that? Do you guys know? Well, I think I've in the heard... books and comics, it was, it's Yavin 4, but I don't know. They don't tell you. Ryan, sorry, well, I didn't mean to cut you off. I've heard, I've heard rumors that uh, it is Yavin 4. But I've also heard rumors that it's Andor. Oh, like, Andor, like the Wookiee? Like, like the oh, not, moon. Not the Wookiee, the Ewoks. The Ewoks, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently Don't you think we would have seen some Ewoks? That's the thing. There's apparently a really quick soundbite when Mando first flies into the planet that's sort of masked by the music that sounds like an Ewok cry. Interesting. And the only thing that uh, really led people to believe that, aside from the fact that it's a forest planet, I guess. Uh, but that's like the, the forefront of that rumor right but hmm. honestly like aside from that i don't think there's anything to to go off, off of to say that it's endor um i feel like if it was we probably would have seen some debris out in space and just some of the long uh farther out shots Mando or like or like the giant trees that were in the yeah the movie because yeah. like that's so, that's what i was thinking too that it was maybe that planet assuming that they don't just use a new planet every time there's a star wars thing <laughs> i don't know i don't know how many planets there are and like whatever but um many there are but many. i yeah i was looking i was looking for the trees so uh, yeah it just made me think and then it, it wasn't dagobah because that's like a swamp planet sure was no to me it almost looked more like the uh the planet that they were on when they met um maz um and got anakin's lightsaber in episode seven like it had a very okay. structure of hills and it was still a very green and lush planet uh but it wasn't overgrown to the extent of uh andor and i don't know if we've seen enough of yavin for me to be confident in saying that that i think that that's what it is so we've really only seen um the the rebel bases yeah okay and it's definitely not the um planet that they find luke skywalker in the new trilogy right because that's where he goes to exile yeah exactly like the whole the whole point was they were trying to look for him yeah and that's just in some far off part of the galaxy that uh he went to go and isolate himself very very cliff cliff like yeah was actually a place in ireland i've been to it not surprised you've been to it yeah it's really cool you gotta take like a it's like a an hour and a half boat ride uh off the and to get to this little island uh but it's really cool it was like originally i think that's where the first monks settled and that's where mead was originally created oh in ireland 
No, like on that that's island. Dope. Oh. Yeah. That's dope. Okay. That is pretty dope. Wasn't that also like a wasn't that also a filming location in like Game of Thrones thing? I feel like I've seen that in other pop culture or something. Probably, yeah. I, I wouldn't be too sure. I've only seen Game Game of Thrones the once, and I didn't really do much in the way of uh, like oh, me too. But but I, I know like all the way through it. I know that most of the shots in Game of Thrones were like some famous place. Like they literally oh, yeah. like didn't ever film in just like a random field nobody knew. It had to be like a like a a famous park or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I've been to most of the castles um, from Game of Thrones because the majority of them are in Ireland. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool though. Yeah. Like a real except one that's hanging over the edge of the cliff that looks like super uh super ominous uh in Game of Thrones. Like you know, the, there's the one with the castle that's on a separate piece of the cliff. Is that the one where they drop the guy through the floor? That's the one where the uh the guy um the like sea uh based people. Um the what's his name? Reek. You, you remember Reek? Oh, is this the, the Iron that- Isles? Yeah, those people. It's uh, it's their castle, and that was the one that the king got thrown over the uh, the bridge in between the two castles by his oh, brother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that actually as high as it is? It's it's like actually that high, yeah. But it, it oh, does not as, as built as it is in Game of Thrones. It's uh, like even the second island is mostly CGI, I think, um, because that part is completely destroyed, and it only has like a pillar or two actually there. But it's awesome. Okay. Oh. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyways, it's not Endor. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I... <laughs> or it's definitely not Kashyyyk either, because there would have been a whole lot of Wookiee around there. Mm, that would have been love cool, those Wookiees. They've just been there's just been too many of them that have been hunted, so we wouldn't even know. Aren't enough left. But what but, um, that... you don't even know. After uh-huh. that, uh, or I guess there's that whole conversation with a. Ahsoka, and we sort of learned that um, Luke is trying to keep some of the old. old uh, the, or I guess not the old ways, but the, the Republic-era Jedi uh, belief system intact in the sense that uh, he's kind of pushing that attachment is, uh, is, not, is not the way of his Jedi Order. And I know that that rubbed some people the wrong way, and you guys had brought up some things in the watch party um, that I'd like to circle back on that. Yeah, I, it's kind of weird that Luke is pushing so hard for the old ways when... He himself, outside of Book of Boba Fett, Mando, like in in the novels and comics and stuff, like he dabbled a lot in the dark side of things. He himself is not a proper Jedi either. So I find it funny that he's trying to train Grogu in those ways and um, making him forcing a decision upon Grogu, you know, between the lightsaber or the armor. You know, it it reminds me a lot of. Uh, the quick brief conversation that obi-wan had with anakin in that last episode when they were fighting where he's like only sith deal in ultimatums like why 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 is luke acting this way is what i want to know right Hmm. i i found that really weird too i mean not knowing the context of the situation i found that kind of like a dick move that he was just like oh i want to me or him yeah, I want to know like what you think of of Grogu, and she's like, "What? Like, listen to your gut or something? Your instincts?" Well, like, and then he's just off, like, "My instinct is to give him a fucking choice whether he wants to like live or die." <laughs> like, whoa. Well, it's like, first off, where where does Luke learn everything about the Jedi? Where where has he been? There's no way Yoda gave him 
every bit of information. And if Yoda did, one, they left all that out in older older film and story, right? Well, that's kind of where Jedi Fallen Order comes in. Because don't we find out that he is searching for Jedi temples when we eventually meet him in that game? And that's uh, that's sometime in, um, like in between. Wait, Yoda's in that game? Luke. <laughs> no. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Isn't, don't we Wait. find Luke in that ice cave looking for Jedi temples? I actually can't remember. I thought that's what he was doing when we found him. Because we were searching for a relic of some kind. Or that was just after we crafted our own lightsaber on um whatever that planet's called that's uh that has the kyber crystals oh yeah no I, I, well i'm definitely not that far i'm definitely not that far then oh, well, sorry but i have spoiler. a lightsaber no I, I don't care this game's been out for forever and i'm going through it so slow that i'll probably forget this is like the end of the game oh, okay gotcha right before you fight the uh final boss type of thing like you leave the planet that you're on and then you go fight the final boss right after this event i'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, but um, just is to throw it, in... Is it Ilum? Ilum? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. To go back to that scene, though, I think that, uh, in a sense, like, he is sort of giving him the choice, and it's it's one or the other, but I also think that they did it in a way that they wanted to try and portray it as the scene in episode five where uh, Yoda tells Luke that he either stays with him to finish his training or he goes and helps uh, his friends in Cloud City. I think it's more more like that, where his decision doesn't matter all that much. Um, like he's still going to continue training. I think if he uh, if he takes the armor, but he'll go with Mando. Wait, hold and on. T- are we are we certain? I don't even. I had this is bugging me. Are we certain Luke Skywalker was in Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, wasn't he? I don't know. I'm trying to look it up, but I'm not finding Maybe it was anything. Battle. I thought I thought I heard like Vader shows up. Vader's in the game, one hundred percent. Okay, because that's as far as I know for like big cameos. What is Battlefront sister? Yeah, I, I think I might be thinking of the Battlefront Two campaign actually. Oh, okay. It, I see. I haven't played that. Yeah, there's at a certain point, like y- you kind of do a time skip from the era that it's based in, which is like the very end of uh of return of the jedi uh, and it starts yeah. at the end like as soon as um the second death star is blown up that's where the game begins uh and then a little while later when you beat the main campaign they added a dlc that gives you a time skip uh to where the the first order is being created and you're um infiltrating them and i think you meet luke somewhere in there Oh, uh, like at the end of that. I, I don't remember exactly. It's been a while, but it, it, if it wasn't Fallen Order, I'm pretty sure it was Battlefront 2. Wait, so then I thought Battlefront 2 didn't have a campaign. It did. It does. Oh, it's okay. just really short. It's like with the extended this... version, it's like seven hours, I think. Yeah, you play this uh, this lady who's in the uh, in the Empire. Her name is Aiden Versa, I think. Verso. Um, is, is this the same one from the first game? Nope. No, she's oh. like part of the um the elite squad of uh of stormtroopers. Um okay. and like that worked directly under Palpatine. Okay, gotcha. So wait, are you telling me that is there is there a recent timeline between what's going on right now in Book of Boba and um the Star Wars game we were just talking about? Well, I mean that's it's that I'm blanking. It's for, uh, fallen order. It's very fallen possible. Order. We did yeah. see a BD a BD droid. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So 
Um, the question now is, does, is that BD-1, does that belong to Cal Kestis, or is it just another BD droid put in as a nod to the game? Yeah. And if it is a nod to the game, does that then mean Cal Kestis is canon? Well, he is. Ooh. He is canon. We, we know that Cal Kestis is definitely canon because his master now, is... His master was... Uh... Jaro uh, Tapal? Something like that, yeah. yeah. You're, you're pretty... And he was, uh, he was a Lasat too. Yes, he was. Which we've only ever really seen one other one, right? There's only been the two. Well, there What's was a couple. Of, there was a couple of them. In oh, Rebels. right. Well, um, right. But, didn't they? Didn't they bring him to a planet? Wasn't there a planet full of them? Yeah. So the Lasat were essentially uh, a group of like they. Uh, they were kind of like the Wookies in a sense. Um, but when the Empire took over, pause. They... Pause one second. Pause one second. The fact that you said that makes this this point that much better did you know little knowledge at you did you know the lasat was actually the original design for the wookie i didn't know yeah that's a cool fact and then they right then they they actually ended up scrapping that and going with what they look like now but yeah lasat came out of the original um what's the word i'm looking for um like like the prototype yeah like uh oh why can't i i'm blanking I'm right saying. right i'm, bl- I'm blanking on the word it's not it's not prototype Concept, concept art, art, thank you. The original concept art for the Wookiee was actually a Lasat. Sorry, continue. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Oh. I didn't know that. <laughs> Knowledge. <laughs> but anyway, uh, a couple of years after the Empire takes over, um, the Lasat are not willing to side with them, and they want to remain neutral. Um, but obviously, the Empire doesn't fuck with that. So they create these new uh, weapons that are like, they're kind of like, plasma electricity guns and they essentially just disintegrate you from the skin down uh when they oh. hit you so they brought in a whole bunch of these new weapon uh prototypes and they essentially eradicated the entire species off of this planet um and after they did that they ended up banning these weapons from war for being too brutal um <laughs> but there is a couple of thought that end up living. One of them we uh, is one of the main characters of Rebels, and they find a smaller group that they escort to a planet from Lasat Legend, uh, where right. they apparently originated from. So there is still Lasat in the galaxy uh, on this planet that's like extremely hard to get to. You need to go through like a solar flare in order to reach it. Um, but they're not the same as the Lasat that were eradicated on the other planet. They're like the like like Darwinism. If a species of bird go and decide to live on a different uh, continent, they like evolve differently, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically like that. Crazy. Now throwing it back to Calcastus. Are we going to see Calcastus? I've heard theories in, in about upcoming it. upcoming shows, and if that's the case, are we? also gonna get an ezra i think ezra is going to appear i think that's inevitable with knowing that ahsoka is looking for thrawn but i also think that cal kestis would not be too far of a stretch to introduce uh in the future of uh of star wars even in this final episode do you think they'll meet i think so and do you think they'll actually get cameron monahan is that his name cameron monahan they better i I think people would be a little upset if they didn't it would be so stupid if they didn't. If they're like, nah, we're just going to get some other guy to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, like, sorry, Ollie, I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. Oh, I, I mean, this was the first time I was talking. But, um, yeah, I, I could totally see Cal Kestis coming in. Not that I know anything about Star Wars lore, 
But I mean, if the timelines are there and he's like a character that like, you know, has um, history, then I don't see why they wouldn't introduce him. Right. Because I don't I don't think I know how old Calcastus is. I mean, he'd only be a little older than Luke. He was maybe like 10 years old by the time Order 66 happened. And uh, Fallen Order takes place maybe like five to seven years after that. So he's probably in his like late teens at that point. At this point, he'd probably be like... He'd be older 30, than Luke, wouldn't he? At the 30s to 40s. He, he would be older than Luke, yeah. Because he, was, well, he mean, was training during Clone War era. Right. So Luke wasn't even born yet. But they were roughly, like, they're pretty close in age, I would say. Within 10 years That's of each other. Interesting. The thing is, is Cameron Monaghan doesn't look all that old. So they'd have to, they'd have to put some facial <laughs> yeah, hair Mark, wrinkles Mark. on him. Hamill sure does, so <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they could uh they could throw some CG on him and before we move on from this part, I did want to bring up one more thing that uh that does have to do with the ultimatum that Luke gives Grogu if uh if we're we're done on, on that topic. Oh yeah, go ahead, man. I totally forgot what we were talking about anyway. So this one might be a little bit more of a stretch, but to me, it, it almost seems like it's more possible. So we know, based on what Disney has said, that Kylo Ren is Luke's first pupil. So to me, I'm almost thinking that Grogu is going to pick the armor and choose to go back with the Mandalorian. So Luke is going to have to take him to Tatooine and deliver him where he's going to get caught up in, in this fight with the Pikes. And that's how he's going to teach Mando how to wield the Darksaber properly. Oh, damn. I also think he's going to leave Yoda's lightsaber with Grogu when At he the end leaves of it? him with Mando. Shit. Yeah. So um, that, that's my theory. I, I don't know how probable this is, but just like because Disney has said that Kylo was his first student, I feel like they're not going to go back on that now. Right. See, I didn't even, I totally forgot all about that stuff. I didn't even think. About uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, I watch a, a lot of Star Wars. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell both of you do. Um, okay. Him more than me. I, I don't know. Did did Mando have the dark saber with him? I thought the whole point was that he gave it to the armorer to to hold no. until he was worthy. Technically, no. no one can take that from him. The only thing he left behind was his jetpack because it's not his. His armor is his, and it goes by family. Uh, in in Mandalorian lore, the armor is passed down from generation to generation. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's like, obviously that scene from Mando season two, where Boba proves that it's his armor by showing him his uh, dad's inscription in it. Um, but the jetpacks are specific to foundlings and the covenant. So if you take it, you're exiled it's kind of the same way that Django was interesting. So if he had, if he had not run into um the Vizsla guy that was who owned the jetpack right no they both had it they both had their own jetpacks it's just like it's mandalorian like it to prove that you're a mandalorian you have the jetpack and in season one he achieved that rank by earning the jetpack at the end He, he, he did his trial and earned the signia of the mudhorn and then he received his jetpack because he had passed the trial of the mandalorian right okay okay like a real life video game (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh yeah we can uh we can move on past that now um yeah i mean but like interesting prediction that's uh i I don't think i would have would have thought about that 
I was trying to figure out in my head though, like how how do we get to both? Because mm-hmm. there's no way. Like why why make the suit? Why make the the shirt? Right? Like yeah. If he's not gonna if he's not gonna don it, of course he's gonna wear it. One thing I, I don't know is whether the dark blade works in the same way. Like is that also passed down from generation? Like say say Mando dies of old age. Is Grogu then inheriting the Darksaber? No, Grogu was still, still by Mandalorian law, dictates that uh, the only way to earn that saber is to kill for it. But or if there's no battle. person that owns it dies of natural causes, then what happens? You can't, you can't fight the owner for it. It, it has you, to go to somebody. You play Uno slaps, and you, you put it on the table. Everyone's <laughs> got to put their hand on it, and you got to fight to the death for it. <laughs> you know what? That's probably not too far off. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just get the vibe that that's the way it is. I mean, it's possible maybe they hold some sort of tournament or have some sort of setting where I, you know, that's a, I, I don't know. But well, yeah, like, they're, they're not a... like that. Like every Mandalorian would, every house would be like, oh, we want, we lay claim to this, and they would probably all just fight over it until one of them came out on top. Right. Hmm. Good call. But anyway, we get to uh, we get to probably the coolest cameo that we've seen so far in the series. I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, as soon as we get back to Tatooine, Boba Fett is actually in this scene. <laughs> he is? Yeah, he is. <laughs> for all of what? 45 seconds? Yep. I don't even think he says anything, does he? I think he just, I think he just nods. He just gives a nod. Basically, remind me, I, I, remind I, me the, the setting. They're in his complex. Yeah, they're standing around the hologram. And Mando and, walks uh, in and they're talking about like the job. And now that they've got Mando, him and Chris Anton are like the muscle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I do remember the scene then. Yeah, okay. A little off to the corner, you, you can see Boba Fett, one of the coolest Star Wars characters. Wish we'd see more of him. <laughs> in his own show. <laughs> hey, with like... To be real, though, like this, this series has been ninety percent Boba. Oh yeah, like honestly, I'm I'm not upset. Like most people seem to be that he's not getting as much screen time in the last two episodes. I think it's important that they build because they're clearly using this show to set up future seasons of every other show that they're going to be producing. Mm-hmm. Well, right, like from they're, point they're MCUing on. Star Wars right now. Exactly, and I think they're also trying to uh, build Boba up to hut status and show that he doesn't need to get his hands dirty. And that's more so what they've been trying to show for this whole series is that he, to earn, like, through earning respect, he's not going to have to do the dirty work anymore. Right, and he wants to be honorable. He wants to be an honorable person. He doesn't want to be a fucking sleaze like the huts or anyone that came before them. I also actually I'll talk about this at the end. Never mind. We'll get to that point. <laughs> this guy's got an essay ready. Yeah, no <laughs> always, always. How got cool though to, to bring back the marshal, Mr. Timothy Oliphant. Oh fan yeah, of the show. yeah, I like yeah, that. He's, he's he's kind of a character for me that just like sticks out like a sore thumb, but not in like a bad way. Like he always just carries the scene, whatever show or or movie he's on. I love the guy. Yeah, he's a good actor. Damn good actor. 
Yeah, getting him back. I didn't see that coming. I didn't think. <laughs> I almost forgot about his character. I thought he was a one-off in oh, the two yeah. or three episodes that he was in. Yeah, speaking about the scenes that he was in, the the scene where he goes up to those, what were the dudes in that those like weird helmets? Oh, the those pikes. are the pike. Those are the pike. Okay, so what what was in the box? Was that the spice they were talking about? Spice melange. Yeah. Okay. Okay, because I thought it was just like more sand, and that they like trolled him, and like they actually the the guy actually no. got away. That's no. unrefined spice. <laughs> yeah, that's um, <laughs> kind so, of the same as Dune spice. Yeah, um, except it's a drug. Stuff is like at the point that it was at there, it's basically useless in that sense. You have to refine it first, but they transport it in that like sand type form. Because technically it's not an illegal substance until you refine it. Like moon sugar. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the Elder Scrolls, skooma. Okay. No? Okay, fine. <laughs> like, does, does nobody play Elder Scrolls games? Just me? Well, I know what skooma is, but I don't know like the... the yeah, it's, made it. from, it's made from moon sugar, which is like moon a sugar. Khajiit um, ingredient. Ooh, yum. Anyway, yeah, spice. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, so, so you guys were like basically ejaculating to the scene that <laughs> happened, right? Like, who's who's that character? Can you talk about him some more? Oh, absolutely. So uh, the character that we see after um, uh, Mando meets with the sheriff uh, is Marshall. Cat- Marshall, sorry, my bad. Like same thing. Uh, his name is <laughs> get, it, get it right. Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, his name is Cad Bane, and he is probably the most uh, dangerous bounty hunter in the galaxy. From Clone Wars until this point in time, he even more so than Boba or IG-88 or any oh, yeah. of them. Yeah. Cad Bane is a beast. He's like the original beast. This motherfucker's been through it all. Yep. He was known for killing Jedi in his time of the Clone Wars and working a lot with uh, the Separatists on various missions. He also worked directly under Palpatine to steal a Jedi holocron from the vault, which is the hardest place in the galaxy to get into. Um, And after he did that, he forced Anakin Skywalker to open the holocron for him and escaped with it. (laughs) I forgot all about that. Not to mention the fact that he 2v1'd Obi-Wan and another Jedi Master at the same time. He broke he? he broke out Zero the Hut from the highest security prison on Coruscant. <laughs> like his <laughs> his repertoire is fucking crazy, man. He yeah. he is legitimately <laughs> the most dangerous character in Star Wars until like you get deep into Sith lore. Does he have his own sword or something? How did he on two Jedi? He's just really fucking good at what he does. He's the fastest draw in the galaxy. He's got like equipment out the ass like Mandalorians do. He's got jetpacks, like flamethrowers. Oh yeah, um, he's got it all, man. He's I have to say out. it it always sounds like Star Wars has such interesting characters. Why don't these characters ever show up in like the movies and instead they have to introduce new like crappy characters like Snoke? <laughs> That's what we've been saying. Right. That's our problem. 
that's my problem with the uh the sequels is that the characters are just not good yeah, yeah. no we, we we share sentiment on that one that is very true it's disappointing super flat super flat okay but cad bane sounds like like he's going to be a very interesting character and hopefully he doesn't just like die off in the next episode or something there's one way that they do it right though and i kind of brought this up in the last episode um and uh, about how boba got the dent in his helmet and how that's actually from cad bane mm-hmm. so that came from a deleted scene from clone wars where boba as a kid faced off against cad bane after they had done a job together uh, they had had a, an argument over something uh i don't i don't remember what it pertained to or what the job was but uh there's boba bosk uh cad bane and a couple of other uh, notorious bounty hunters. And um, Boba essentially challenges Cad Bane to a duel because he disagrees with him on whatever this job is. So he takes the challenge, and in doing so, he puts the dent in his helmet, but Boba also catches him in the shoulder. So to me, if they are going to kill off Cad Bane, that would be one way to do it tastefully, is sort of recreate that scene. Right. it would also feel like a slap in the face because we only saw him for like five minutes in this last episode. Oh, yeah, there's okay. no way Cad Bane goes out like a punk bitch. Okay, no two, way. Two, two things I want to say is we've already seen them like do sh- a shot for shot remake of a previous scene. So I could totally see them doing that again. Um, the other thing is I don't think we've seen enough character development with um, um, fucking Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we have had those flashback episodes, but I feel like we haven't seen enough, like, character development for any, like, redeeming, like, badass qualities in him, aside from his, like, whole political gambit, um, for it to warrant that kind of scene happening in the finale. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I'm de- I definitely think Cat Bane is going to be a more prominent figure in the next season. And, uh, and-, and, and maybe not even just boba fett it could or book of boba rather it i think this is going to extend to mandalorian as well mm-hmm. i think so too maybe just like a bunch of crossovers all the time that'd be cool like i said they're gonna mcu the hell out of this yeah yeah um i really feel like that's what they're going for with this now that they're intentionally giving us full episodes of other characters in this show and can i just say like cad bane just his look like what what alien race is he because I'll tell you in just a second Oh, fuck. I don't remember. Looks, it he looks BS. scary as fuck. And I would. He's a Duros. Duros, yeah. Okay, I would love to see, like, an alien horror movie with, like, that being used. Because I feel like that's, like, the perfect. He he looks almost exactly to me like Crypto from Destroy All Humans. Well, his, uh, his look is definitely a little different, but they've, like, mostly 100% nailed it. Yeah. They're the like, they're like 90, 98% nailed it. Mm-hmm. It was just like he's in Clone Wars, the tone of his skin is a little darker. It's almost like a like a like, like a, a purple. purplish. Um and uh his face is slightly longer. Yeah, and thinner. Yeah. But other than that, oh, and his tubes are bigger too. Yeah. His face tubes. I don't know what there was a for, but I imagine breathing. Um it's, it's, well, it's actually, really that's, that's a really cool uh I forgot about this, and I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, he actually has those tubes installed uh, for one, so he can breathe in space, and they attach to another tube that goes down his throat, 
so he stops uh or he can't be like force choked oh shit oh yeah. shit good call i didn't know that the fucking a that's that's yeah. crazy yeah i mean he, like like i said he was known for killing jedi in the clone wars era he was the Fuck. master of it oh apparently the druros are like share a common ancestor with the Nymoidians, which were hmm. um oh like they were in the the first trilogy the the one with anakin um they were on the empire ships fuck i can't i can't put it together but you guys will know the characters way better than i do if you looked it up what did you call them oh nymoidians like n-e-i i I found it oh 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 oh, like the the separatist guys yeah oh okay apparently they share a common ancestor yeah that's kind (laughs) of neat was it a space frog Well, we know how that'll play out with uh, little Grogu eating all the eating all the frogs. Right. So I'm not worried about it. Maybe Grogu will eat Cad Bane. (laughs) (laughs) Now that would be tasteful. Now that would be great television. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Right. So where's this going? We've got one episode of this series or season rather of this season left how do you uh how do you think she's gonna end i'm thinking cliff cliffhanger for sure oh i'm sure there's gonna be a big cliffhanger but they're gonna do us dirty yeah but one thing i know for sure they're probably gonna do is um since cad bane has been introduced as like i'm what i'm presuming to be the finale big bad um they're not even gonna like have pikes or anything be directly involved in it and that's gonna be something for season two and it's mostly going to center around Cad Bane, I presume. Do you think Mando gets word of Cad Bane, and then him and Boba and Fennec and all of them go after Cad Bane in like some warehouse somewhere? And there's like Pike in the background, but they're not really doing anything but staying out of the way while they have this big giant shootout while Cad Bane takes on all fucking both Boba and Mando, Chrysanthemum, Fennec, the fucking lollipop scooter guild <laughs> and well, uh it, yeah it would it would have to i feel like it would have to be something big at this point because they've been kind of hyping that up with the whole point of him getting all this muscle i totally expect those like um cyberpunk guys to just like be cannon fodder and they then, are like, red shirts for sure yeah 100 percent. and i mean We've seen in the season finales of um, The Mandalorian that there was always, like, a big fucking, like, battle that happened. So I expect nothing less. So I think that you guys are right on the money. I think that we're going to see all of them fighting Cad Bane, and then he's going to lure Boba away in another scene-for-scene shot for uh, from the Clone Wars where he got Anakin to open the holocron for him. Um, and I think that we're going to get a showdown from them, but they're going to find out about him because we're going to find out that he was the one that attacked the uh, Tuscan Raiders camp. It wasn't the bikers. Oh, oh. oh you just blew my fucking mind like, wide I open. Fennec said, because she, she was like, the bikers couldn't do this. No, in, but in Cad Bane could. Cad Bane's a one-man army. And even yeah. fucking... Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. That's definitely what it is. 100%. Oh, man. Oh, man. You just blew my mind. I know my Star Wars, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a, that is a solid prediction, even more so than, than ours. 
Although yeah, I'm holding that one until the end here. Fuck me. Although I can see that all happening all in one go. Big raid. He fights them off. Slaughters a bunch of red shirts. Do we know if the finale is going to be like eh, like a longer episode or something? No. Typically, idea. they're they they usually go about an hour, like right on the money, like an hour. Okay. Yeah, I hope so, but I'm not sure if uh, if they've said anything or not. And there'll definitely be a a post credits or a mid credits or both. Yeah. Oh man, this is exciting. <laughs> yeah, I I if anybody was. Was there anybody in the watch party? Was anybody in? I guess uh, they wouldn't have. Like, even if there was, they wouldn't have heard us anyway. Not until the end. But I definitely lost my shit when Cad Bane was on <laughs> was on screen. Like I've never been so excited for a television series. Yeah, uh, that, in a long time. That that honestly topped most everything in Star Wars for me. Was I mean, I up. thought well, right, and I thought they couldn't get any better than the previous episode, the Mando episode with the N one Starfighter and fucking the BD droid and all the other fun stuff. Like that was, I thought, stacked. Yeah. full of fan service <laughs> and that one had me fucking super jolly but this one this one beat that and I now i'm gonna go ahead and put it out in the universe there's no way they can top this <laughs> just so that the universe can prove me wrong i feel like i've been saying that this entire season though like episode one <laughs> episode one was a banger and i was like okay like there's no way they're keeping this pace episode two was even better episode three fell off quite a bit Episode four was pretty good. And then episode five happened and it was just, I thought that was a 10 out of 10. And then episode six happened and this has to be a 10 out of 10. It was way better than last episode. (laughs) Well, they better, they better have a big finish then. Yeah. Ollie. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Ryan. This piece has been pretty freaking great. Like I'm not a star Wars fan, but this and the Mandalorian definitely keep my attention way more than any other star Wars thing has. Right. It's a good be a star Wars fan. It is definitely a good time to be a star, especially when you got people like John Favreau and Dave Filoni, fans of the show, um, at the helm. Oh yeah, they know what they're doing. Oh, do they ever? And they're going to keep this legacy going for a while yet. I hope so, man. Everything that they do feels like a passion project, and they just they love what they're doing, and it, my, you just feel it work. Right. My question though is, why aren't they writing games? Hmm. Those two brains at work on a fucking epic star wars i mean that's not to say that it can't or isn't or won't happen mm-hmm. um what if we don't we just don't know but like well, i think those two would be able to craft something truly special for well everyone. at the at the very least respawn has the torch right now right so yeah that they're a pretty decent quality studio with two successes titanfall and um apex legends right now right and what were the other ones before that i think that's all they're known for for me yeah, they they were known for Titanfall, and then they got bought out by EA. I think just after. Oh, Titanfall. and then they made Fallen Order, didn't they? Isn't that a respawn yep. game? Yeah, sure is. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Like they have a really great track record. So and they're all different genres of game that they're making, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, they started with Titanfall way back in 2014. Yeah, and then right. that was an Xbox exclusive. I remember that. But I think it launched around the same time as a Call of Duty or something, so it got eclipsed, like heavily eclipsed. Yep. Even which sucked. It was a way better game. Oh, hands down. Titanfall was fucking dope. Titanfall 2, even more dope. Yep. Like, the dopest dope. You don't even understand. Like, 
full-on fucking single-player campaign, which was a dope campaign. I keep saying dope. I gotta use other words. Was a great <laughs> campaign um, with time travel and shit. Like, that was fucking awesome. Although I didn't complete it, but it was still still awesome. However, that one went multi-platform. And I think that was probably around the time. Did Sony buy Respawn? I think they're just in cahoots with one another. I don't know if Sony owns Respawn. Are they a Sony? Oh, here, I can... Respawn, wouldn't they have to buy ea as the parent company now or is it did you say they were bought by ea not not sony i thought they were no bought yeah by they're 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 part of ea right okay my brain went to sony because of the recent acquisition we could talk about that a little later too um sorry yeah ea and then they had i texted you guys <laughs> a like a pie chart of all the studios and whatnot Right. Titanfall Assault, which was for Android and iOS. Lame. And then Apex Legends and Jedi Fallen Order, both in the same year, 2019. I don't think I recognize that. Hmm. So long ago, but it really wasn't. But it kind of was. That was like three years ago. Apex the, and Star Wars. Too bad the multiplayer got hacked. Like, that's the one thing Respawn dropped the ball with, uh, is like not dealing with the servers, and, and they've kind of neglected Titanfall 2's multiplayer. Well, I mean... Again, that game came out around the same time as, I think it was a Battlefield, I think it was Battlefield 1, actually. Yeah, that sounds right. And it, that would definitely have been the game to eclipse every other FPS that released around that time. The, the, one, the one World War shooter that actually did real fucking good. That game was awesome. I loved Battlefield 1. Yeah, Battlefield 1 was was pretty dope i like that that uh that sweet spot mechanic for the snipers yeah like when you when you when you found it it was just oh the 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 stupid shit you could do because <sighs> you could hit a guy like right in the dead center of the chest and fucking just down him didn't matter if you're within that sweet spot it was a one-hit kill and if you it could up. visually remember that and get that built into like your muscle memory, you could destroy teams and it made a big difference in in the play with snipers because they they were just the scopes were terrible. Oh, were horrible! Hard. It definitely made up for a lot of that. But I used that. Uh, what was that? That Martini Henry? Oh yeah, that breach loaded. Oh, not not quite breach loaded, but not quite not breach loaded. That one one shot. Mm-hmm. I think it was something silly like between twenty and forty meters, and it was a <laughs> one hit kill. And you just boom, drop a motherfucker. God, I think I've got an old clip somewhere of me on a hill. And I think I took out like eight guys, one after the other, after the other. They just didn't know I was there. I don't know how they didn't know I was there, but I just kept plugging them out. That'll I find sweet. that somewhere. It's a fun time. <laughs> yeah, no, we've definitely uh, we definitely come off come off topic. What were we just talking about? Uh, we were talking about um, Star Wars and why isn't why aren't they writing games? Oh yeah, why why someone's got to get on top of that. It sounds to me like they're they're just sort of slowly moving towards better storytelling, anyways, with uh, Disney and the, and all these shows. And, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, did you guys hear that uh, Obi Wan will come out in May? People are speculating May fourth. Yeah, which would make like a lot of sense. Aren't we also Moon Knight like right around there as well? Like the same. Week? I think Moon. I think Moon Knight is like March or like late February. Because okay. I oh, also heard uh, Multiverse also of heard... Madness is a May release. Oh, is it? I think That's so. Right. Yeah. Um. But apparently, Moon Knight is just a limited series. Like it's only going to be like a couple seasons. No, limited series. I'm pretty sure means one season. One season. Yeah. A one-off, and then what? Yeah. Straight to the MCU from there? Probably straight That's to the movie. 
must be, yeah, to some capacity, or they're just going to introduce another character that will go to the MCU. And for your sake, I hope it's not Ethan Hawke. What, Arthur Harrow? Who's Arthur Harrow anyway? I have no idea. Uh, March 30th is when Moon Knight drops. March 30th. Interesting. So I wonder if it's only like four episodes or they're going to drop the first three episodes in one go and then it's going to be three more for six episodes. Uh, I don't know. It's Disney Plus. We might only get at max two episodes. That's true. But Hawkeye was six episodes. So no, I'm yeah, no, of course. But like, but Hawkeye is also not finished. It's not a limited series. No, I know. But I'm just saying the season of Hawkeye we got was six episodes. So I would right. expect the same for Moon Knight. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Definitely Anyways, looking forward to that. So we were talking about um, people who write movies and TV shows and why they should write for games. Maybe let's talk about people who write games and are making a TV show. Uh, we you want to talk about Halo? Halo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to work on your segways. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Being high, I thought that was like the best one I could. <laughs> Good start. Yeah, no, <laughs> thank you, Ryan. This is this is why I give Ryan all my excess fans that I don't need. Be quiet. <laughs> this is why I give all the credit is for those excess fans. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's, it's a it's a mutual relationship. No love for Alex. That's <laughs> no love at all. You guys wouldn't be here without me. Huh. That's I mean <laughs> true, but you wouldn't be without us. Not true. We birthed you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's very true. I would not. Uh, I wouldn't have an awesome show without two of my co-hosts. I would have an epic show without both of you. Do it. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Halo trailer. Not gonna lie. For the most part, I don't mind it. it looks pretty cool. I'm. I'm really skeptical. Like I know I'm. Uh, like a. a pretty decent halo fan but this tv show has been like attempted so many times at this point and they just got to it recently that i i, I don't know i just i don't have really high hopes for it right because this was announced fucking years ago wasn't it i feel like it was like 2014 e3 or something that they announced We're, this you know what? I'm, was, gonna look, I'm gonna look this up I, th- I think it was like the announcement of Halo 4 in E3 or something like that. When they were like, yeah, the show's in the making. Steven Spielberg is going to fucking direct it. And it was the Infinite uh, teaser when all they showed us yeah, was like 2015. Yeah, 2015, that far back. Holy and, shit. And I'm pretty sure it's had a pretty rocky development since then. And I can't remember when did we talked about forward onto Dawn before, right? And then there was that other one with uh, um, Mike, what's his face that played Luke Cage? Oh, Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter, that's it. Wait, and Coulter? Colton, Mike Colton, Coulter Hold sounds on. right. Um, Coulter, yeah, yeah, no, I got that right. I don't know with with just it being a really like popular IP and it being on Paramount Plus, like I, I don't know, I just don't see the quality really like being there. But I'm gonna. I'm going to wait, I guess, and see how it how it pans out. I probably won't watch from day one, but I'll probably try to catch up on it eventually. I'm, I'm with Ollie. I, I think I'm, I'm going to kind of pay attention to it. I might watch the first episode whenever it releases and sort of judge it from there, but, but I don't have very high hopes. And I also, I wasn't overly pleased with the trailer. I think it, it looks more or less like what we've seen before, and that just further uh, 
furthers the idea that I, I don't think that it's going to turn out very good. Yeah, and what, I mean, what is... I was just going to say, like, my one gripe was the Cortana reveal. I didn't care for that. I don't care for how they made her look. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think she needs to look like a human. I, I, I'm certain that they designed her as blue in Halo because it was probably just cheap and easy to do. But why not pay that homage? If you're going so far as to make a Halo series, why would you, why would you skew that one detail from the, the source the, material? The thing I yeah. think happened is. The homage is already in it being the same actress. So the voice actress that was Cortana is the one playing Cortana in the TV series. And I feel like maybe they made that decision for her to look human to like kind of like, I don't know, in a way kind of tie the character to her more strongly. Like I don't know if that makes sense at all, but that's well, kind of how saying, but like... that, that's how I see it played out. And no, they were just fuck like, that. That's not yeah, good we enough. we gotta have people know this. <laughs> but what I'm curious about is, is when this show first got a trailer, I was like, okay, at what point in the Halo story does this take place? Turns out that this show is completely independent of the game's canon, or the books, or anything like that, I'm pretty sure. Well, that would make sense, considering there's, what, a humanoid prophet? Huh. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is 100%. What kind of shit is that? That's a, that's a medium translation thing, and it's part of the reason I got, like, sci-fi channel vibes from it. Um, just it, it just feels lackluster, and I feel like the reason they did that is because it's really hard to, I guess, animate or CGI the the normal alien that the prophets are which I feel like I knew the name for them at one point. Well, you could just I, I hire some books. people from 343 and have them do it. <laughs> yeah, except the majority of 343 that even coded and like built Halo Infinite were all like subcontractors that didn't actually work for 343, and that was the whole reason they had like development hell. Yeah, that doesn't wanted... matter right now. <laughs> there, are, there are ways that could have had this done, is what I'm saying. I think I would have even preferred... Yeah. Like, um, what's the term? Like actual effects, the, uh, like practical, costumes. like practical effects for for the costumes and stuff like that. For for specifically that character, maybe not the elites and whatever that they're going to be fighting, but uh, for for a prophet, like I don't know why they couldn't just do that. Oh, or to to um, the mayor from Book of Boba, like it wouldn't be too much different, right? And they yeah. can just throw in throw in extra CG gloss wherever they need to, right? Yeah, so the yeah. prophets are essentially like their own race. They're the San Shayum, so they might as well. They're the only race that can be prophets, from what I just googled. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, Alex, you mentioned in the trailer that there was also those like tentacles. Yeah, what are those? I think those are hunters, because oh, okay. in Halo lore, hunters are worms. They're just worms mm. in a hive mind in like a suit of armor, and they're called Lekgolo. And they're just found in caves on this like planet where they're from, and but the they, covenant just enslaved them. So they what take over a human body and then become become their, in no, that form? No, they like they like writhe and like like if you look at at their exposed red parts, that's what the worm is. It's just a bunch of worms piling on top of each other. I thought and, and it, it trapped them in the, in their like casing, so they kept their form. It, yeah, it could be that too, but either way, they're just a bunch of worms like in that armor, and the red that you're shooting at is the worm itself. Interesting. 
Good call, Ollie. I, so I I'm wondering if yeah, I, thought I wouldn't it was guess that at yeah, all. Yeah, my initial uh, yeah, and I thought the the flood would be so out of place at this point in in a timeline. I feel like they have to develop the covenant before they introduce the flood. Right. That's true, and it is more of like a it, it's a military science fiction, right? So I don't know. I could kind of see it go both ways. Like the flood is kind of integral to the whole story, but yeah, you're right. At the same point, it's probably too much to introduce the flood on top of the covenant in in this series. I just think that like the pacing of the first three Halo games, we don't really see the flood at all until Halo Two, right? Were they not uh, in the first? No, Halo? they were. They were. Yeah, they were in the first Halo. They were like extensively in the first Halo. They were. It was, that was like half the campaign, I think. I thought that was three. Um, or three was entirely the flood. No. No, definitely no, it, Halo One. Yeah, it, it happened in oh, all th- all th- the first three Halo games were like almost half flood flood levels and whatnot. Oh. Um, Halo yeah, Halo yeah. Two is the one that's the most memorable memorable to me because I played that one like a million times. But yeah, they the and that was what I was saying earlier before we started the recording was from what I heard. Um, yeah, like a lot of people's um opinions of the latest halo trilogy after halo 3 was that there was no flood and i mean i haven't gotten very far in halo infinite but i'm hoping that they're there you know i don't think i've heard anything about there being flood in halo infinite because that would have been that would have been a big topic i think but it would make sense yeah it would make sense that the flood are there because you know the halo rings are are like containing all the flood and everything too as well, well maybe as super weapons right maybe in future dlc could be yeah but but i don't know i still think there's that element of it being integral like the whole purpose of the halo rings is to have the flood and if you don't have the flood then it's kind of hard to like give people context about like the story but i don't know yeah like maybe you're right and halo infinite just doesn't have flood because it would be mentioned i I would have come across spoilers by now of course the way that the Um, series is that they're trying to to show us the like the fight before the flood is introduced like they're trying to show us the war between the humans and the covenant uh that then the flood jumps in on because that didn't happen right away covenant started fighting the humans over claim to the halo rings and then the the flood joined in the fight later on when they moved to one of the affected planets uh during war yeah i'm kind of expecting this show to kind of turn out like the uh i don't know if you guys have seen raised by wolves on hbo it's um set in the uh aliens universe and i've heard of it but i haven't seen it yeah i've heard it i haven't watched it i don't know what timeline it takes place but it centers around a colony leaving earth to populate a inhabitable planet that uh and there's the the whole premise of the show or i guess of the whole aliens universe is that earth was basically destroyed because there was a war between the atheists and whatever religion ended up taking over the world and so um yeah like the the premise of raised by wolves isn't like my main point it's just that in raised by wolves there's like um a colony ship that just kind of goes out into space on its own the same way mass effect andromeda did it and that's kind of what i expect from this halo series is that they're they're probably on a mission to some planet and run into the covenant and this show is going to retell basically what happened in um the halo first strike i think was the first book no contact so you think i think you think 
This doesn't take yeah. place on the Halo right away, then? No, not at all. I think I think this is going to be some planet that's like, um, maybe they got a call, this is a military ship, and they got a call that there were insurgents on the planet, which is basically anyone who doesn't align themselves with the United Nations um, of Earth. Yeah. And, um, and they're going to end up running into the Covenant there, because that's basically what happened in, in the book called Cold Protocol, which featured um uh, our favorite sergeant um what's his name that died in halo 3 um he's so he's such your favorite that you can't even remember his name <laughs> no i said everyone's favorite um not mine yeah Sar- sergeant johnson um uh, basically he was part of the orion project which was the original spartan project so he's technically a, a first generation spartan the spartan ones were the orion project oh damn and um, Sergeant Johnson was part of like the team sent to this planet called Harvest. And because there were rumored insurgent activity, what it ended up being was first contact with the Covenant. So that's what I kind of think that this show is going to center around, is that they're just called to fight insurgents because that's what originally what Spartans were, were built for. Um, and yeah, and that's what it's going to be. Okay, I wouldn't mind that if uh, if that's like how the storyline starts off and it builds on there. That that wouldn't be bad, as long as they stick to source material a little bit. I mean, knowing what you said, that it's not attached to canon at all. I mean, sort of... all all already they're not really sticking to source material unless there's something I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of books, not as much as there are in Star Wars um, lore, but. I don't think there was ever a human prophet, so that already is like very different. Yeah. Well, the whole reason that the war even happened was because the prophets said that the humans were evil. Like that's that's the whole catalyst of the the company. Yeah. They, they. I mean, not only. I mean, yes, there's there's that element, but I mean, it's there's more to it than just him. The prophets claiming humans are evil. It's that humans were basically the favorite child of the forerunners. And I mentioned before that um, back in the day, humans were on a far more technologically advanced level than what they are now in even Halo Infinite. And Mm -hmm. they were basically reverted back to the Stone Age um, on Earth uh, through a bunch of series of events that I can't remember for the life of me. Um, and, do with the but flood yeah there's and, there's bad blood and, sorry what were you saying all right ryan your uh your mic is cutting it yeah a little, there. little crackly give me a second you guys just continue yeah okay but yeah i'm pretty sure i think the covenant has been untouched since humans reverted back to the stone age they've just been like they just haven't run into humans again because the galaxy is is a huge place of course so so but yeah, it's like humans are like like insane how fast they've caught up to spacefaring to to the covenant. But that's kind of the whole reason that um, the the covenant uses like plasma based um, weapons and technology, whereas modern day humans use ballistic based weapons. But right. orig- but precursor humans used like hard light stuff, like the Prometheans did. I'm pretty sure, or some. Sure some blend between plasma and, and that i can't i can't remember but so who who is uh, i'm just going through the cast here and i'm looking at bokeem woodbine's character soren number 66 Ooh, who's I'm glad, that i'm glad you brought that up okay so there are a bunch of short stories um in the halo universe i think it's it's a 
a book that I have. Anyways, it um Soren Six Six is probably the saddest story in Halo lore. He was um part of Master Chief's um like Spartan Two project, right. and part of the Spartan project is that you uh, train these kids from the age of 14, I believe it was, when they were kidnapped and replaced with clones that died of, like, cancer, like, two years later. Right. Um, And they were trained to be, like, excellent um, warriors, Spartans, in in name basis, in in practice, basically. And once they hit, like, 18 years old, they were all augmented they were injected with all kinds of serums basically the trial of the grasses by in in the witcher <laughs> okay, um, yeah and the survivors went on to become spartan twos those that didn't make it that were still conscious and could use their mental uh, prowess were made into oni staff which is the office of naval intelligence i think which is gotcha. um yeah, anyways, and they are, uh, they're basically like, I guess, the FBI of the Halo universe or something. Okay. And, and they are basically like shot callers for Oni in the government because they're so smart and they know a lot of uh, like military tactics and things like that. Think are Andrew's they, game. are they strong like Titans or Titans like Spartans? No, um, they are basically disabled. They will have like stumpy legs, be in a wheelchair, have a breathing tube. I think one is even suspended in like um a jelly, uh, and just lives his whole life in that. Like they all had vastly different disabilities, and Soren Six Six was one of these people that didn't quite respond well to the super soldier serum. And he basically became the hunchback of Notre Dame. Like he just was a really ugly guy and he ended up exiling himself into the woods of planet reach. And, and I presume he, he just died when reach was glassed. I don't know if there's anything um, saying that he survived, but that's what I remember from the short story. So in, in the, intro to reach when you first find the uh the covenant there don't you find a dead spartan in like in the dark and then you get attacked by an elite with an energy sword oh but this would have been like because halo reach those were spartan threes this would have been like 20 years before the events of halo reach when master when master chief's squad was first created at the age of like 18 so this was a very young master chief and i think in Halo Infinite, Master Chief has got to be like 60 by now. Uh, well, I guess give or take because he's been in cryo like a few times. But right. um, yeah, Soren 66. If if they're using his character from the books, it's got to be something to do with him basically having a whole um, plot line akin to the Witcher's uh, Yennefer being ugly and then, I don't know, maybe not being ugly again? I don't know. Maybe they'll use some element of that. But Soren 66 is a very specific character, so unless they're just using his name and his number, which I hope they don't do, then then that's essentially what might become of his character. He might be like a... He might be like Oracle to Master Chief's Batman. Okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, based on that alone, though, you can kind of 
figure out where in the timeline this takes place then no yeah yeah i guess it's it's probably going to be a very young master chief is what it's supposed to be so like pre pre halo combat evolved yes it would have to be but i mean it's a that's a very tight timeline because the events of halo combat evolved happen immediately after the fall of reach so um hmm. basically what happens is you guys have played uh, halo reach right um, not, at the not end. in years. I don't remember yeah. at all what happened in that game. But essentially, at the end of the game, uh, Noble Six and June make it to the Pillar of Autumn that is going to be leaving Reach. Um, and he's been tasked with delivering an AI to the Pillar of Autumn that it needs to run the ship. And this AI is Cortana. And um, Master Chief is on the Pillar of Autumn and canonically that also makes june on the pillar of autumn and um so that pillar of autumn leaves reach as it's being glassed i think there's some space battle in the book but then essentially they they slip space to get away from it and that's when halo combat evolves starts so if it is the young master chief and soren 66 is in it they probably retcon some elements of um of the fall of reach or i am totally wrong and they do, they are on the halo ring in in this tv series but i don't know the presence of the chevy tahoe makes me think that they're <laughs> on a planet fighting insurgents it's not a tahoe i'm pretty sure it's a blazer or a trailblazer yeah whatever it is whatever it's an old looking truck i don't know why the internet's all out out in shambles on that one yeah that doesn't like, that doesn't bother me what bothers I, me is cortana that bothers me. But seeing would, an old truck... Oh, an AK-47s. What's up with that? Hmm. And I, I wonder at all if... Like, I'm just, th- like, spitballing here. If um, there is any connection to that pl- planet that they're on. Because it's like a desert biome. And the only desert biome that I know in that we've seen in the Halo games was in Halo 5 when you go to um a mining planet and like the whole thing is just like a desert so i'm curious if that's going to be like kind of like a a a little easter egg that they do Mm. but um have you guys ever seen the neil blancamp directed halo short hold on blancamp did a a halo short yes and it is very good like i love that thing i rewatched that short so many times across span of like 10 years i don't think i knew that that was a thing yeah i'm not familiar with this it um it came out sometime after Halo 3 I want to say um and it essentially is just a bunch of ODSTs in a firefight with like brutes and maybe elites and then in the last like minute of the short you see um like a shooting star raining down Halo pretty... Landfall is Yeah that what it's called Sure um it's it looks very like, how do I put it? It's a very brutal short film. Like, it really shows just how, like, unmatched brutes are. But um, I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out around Halo 3 because you see the shooting star of Master Chief coming down to, I think it's Earth that the short takes place on. Right, 2007. Um, yeah, so they, that would have been, a, like, a promo. Th- it wasn't a promo for Halo 3. I think it was the short to try to get a movie made with Neil Blomkamp as a director. Right. But um, the whole start, the way Halo 3 starts is that he crash lands on Earth in near New Mombasa. 
And I think that's that's alluding to that scene in Halo 3. Um, but it's a really good short film that I highly recommend you guys watch. I think it's like 10 minutes. And it's just a bunch of ODSTs trying to survive like a firefight. And oh, they yeah, kind I'll of brought that, that at, at, they brought that back in the Halo 3 ODST promo, which gave me chills like every time I saw it. I don't know if you guys remember that one where it was just an ODST making his way through boot camp and then like, you know, landing in a pod on a planet and like being hit by like a brute and and then there's like a funeral left for fallen ODSTs and everything. And like that was like a phenomenal like Halo's marketing has just been like amazing. So yeah, I I just hope that they can capture like that kind of like gravity in their in this TV series because all the live action trailers since like Halo Three have just been like great. Like I remember Halo Reach's live action trailer where Cat is like running with a bomb and like throwing it on the um, Covenant cruiser and whatnot. Mm. And yeah, they've they've all been great. So I I kind of expect great things in this Halo series. Well, I mean they. <sighs> There's a lot riding on this. One, it's it's a seven-year project that's been through nightmare after nightmare getting off the ground. I'm pretty sure they went through a whole slew of directors, too, didn't they? Yeah, I feel like there were two or three, yeah. I know Spielberg was set to direct at some point, because I remember him talking at like an E3 or a Game Awards about it, and then he was no longer part of it afterwards, or... Yeah, I, I cringe at that. It's probably because Spielberg is a very expensive person to have on retainer, and if your project is not moving along and people can't agree with what to do with it, Spielberg's going to try to make his fucking movies and you can't stop him. Well, right, and I'm not... I don't know if I would want Spielberg to take on the Halo IP. I'm not saying that he couldn't do it. I'm just saying, like, I think there are better directors out there for that. Oh, and and absolutely. Like, look, watch that Neil Blomkamp short. Like, it will, I don't know, it blew my mind away. Um, And I wanted him to do it for so long. and And I still want him to do a Halo movie if there ever is one. Because I feel like he would do it right. Because just his, like, set design and everything, and the way he tells stories like i i just i really like it and he does horror really well so i think he'd do the flood really well as well um well that, yeah. he does sci-fi really well yeah like i don't know if you guys follow oat studios um it's a youtube channel but i mean it's like it's neil blancamp studio in vancouver bc isn't there isn't there something on on uh on netflix it's on, it's on netflix now yeah they, yeah. they threw they threw the first series of his short films on Netflix. There's a few big actors like um, I can't name anyone right now, but the person who played um, Ridley and aliens is in one of them. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver. And they also have like um, Dakota Fanning, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and a few other people show up in them and they're really, they're really good. Like short films and horror stuff. There's a few animated ones too, um, but they're all like, I like them all. Um, but yeah, like I, I want Neil Blomkamp to make more films and making a Halo one would be great because I think the only reason they had Steven Spielberg on the project was that he was just a big name and like Microsoft could acquire him. Well, I mean, he's got big, big movies under his belt too, though, right? Like he's got Saving Private Ryan. He could nail the war aspect, but I don't think he could nail the sci-fi aspect. And I yeah. know that he's done... Or he's had his hand in sci-fi movies, but not not like Halo. Halo is yeah. a, is a holy beast and such a beloved IP. You need to be very careful about what you do, what you retcon, what you 
manipulate and and change about the source material like you have a lot of fans that you need to keep happy yeah that's true and i'm curious if we'll ever see master chief like unmasked because they teased that in the halo video games but they never revealed what he looks like uh according to the books he's ginger oh he's got red hair and freckles and from what I understand, from what I remember hearing, he's, yeah, he's a ginger guy. That's interesting. He must have had some kind of, like, I mean, he's been wearing his helmet for, like, 20, 30 years without taking it off kind of thing. Well, I mean, he's, he, I'm pretty sure he wears his helmet more than Mando. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. But, um, in, I think it was Halo 5, once you beat it on Legendary, I'm pretty sure the no, it was Halo 4, when you beat one of the new Halos, when you beat the game on Legendary, the only extra scene there was in the the credits was um, him taking his armor off. Like, he kind of stood in one of those, um, uh, you know, in Westworld, there's the, the, the ring that the androids are in when they're, like, first put out from production. Not and even a little bit. It's, it's Ryan, like maybe. the... Nope. It's like I the Da Vinci... <laughs> It's like the Da Vinci's perfect man, where they're just like their arms and legs are spread out, um, oh, yeah. kind of kind of doing like a jumping jack pose. And mm-hmm. um, I know what yeah, he's doing. he's getting in this thing and it's taking his armor off and it lifts his helmet and it kind of like zooms in so that all you see is his like eyes and his nose and he's he basically looks like a really pale bald guy with like blue eyes. I'm pretty sure is what they showed. So I, pres- I I thought he was a blonde guy, but I mean, if he's canonically ginger, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it, if I remember correctly, I think in the books he's a he's a ginger guy. It could be all the sh- stuff they shot him up with to make him a super soldier that changed his eye color could or be. something like that. Well, because it it makes them taller, wider, stronger. Oh no, the the taller thing is because they literally had like or leg- surgery. Yeah, that was surgical. They oh, okay. they gave they gave them like titanium bones for their forearms and like uh, femur and tibia and whatever. Oh, shit. Like I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It's 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 all like metal rods in their body and everything, which is so the only like, way they Wolverine them. <laughs> yeah, essentially. But like straight up replacing their bones with it. That's crazy. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, that that's why um, a lot of the uh, like uh, Ryan. I don't know if you were listening earlier when I was talking about Soren Six Six. That's why a, a lot of the Spartans. It, it was like a huge margin too. Like if there were hundred Spartans that were undergoing that um, uh, that those modifications, it was all in like one sitting. They didn't do it like in a row. It was like okay, now inject them while they're being openly like treated and like their bones being replaced with titanium. Um, uh, they if if their implants rejected or anything like that that's why they got um disabilities but it would be like an 80% like failure rate like only like 20% of spartans actually survived that procedure and that's why the spartan 2s were like re- are revered as like the strongest spartans because it was so invasive whereas the spartan 4s and spartan 3s i think don't have those body augmentations they just have the serum so what is uh, what, what's locking all them then they gen 4 yeah he's a gen 4 the gen 3s all died on reach that right. was what you played in Halo Reach, and and also canon 
canonically there's supposed to be blue team still around but i don't know where they went from halo 5 to halo infinite blue blue team are a bunch of halo uh spartan twos right so is the only spartan one that's actually like still alive that we know about is uh sergeant johnson well no he died in halo 3 oh the... yeah but was he like the only one in the series though like the only spartan one i believe so but as far as like augmentations went i don't think they were really that augmented if at all i'm pretty sure they didn't have super strength they didn't have um i think i don't even think they were kidnapped from children they were like volunteers wasn't the, there the better though and like that that was the like spartan ones were considered the best because they had the most uh high quality armor that I'm not sure about, but I feel like I feel like you're getting somewhere. And what I'm reminded of is that I think Sergeant Johnson like rejected his position as like being in that program or something like that, and that's why he's just a regular sergeant. Like he wanted to do that versus anything else. Okay. I don't know though. It's been a while since I read that book, but I feel like there's something like that. Yeah. I'm glad you're a wealth of Halo knowledge, sir, because I. Uh... <laughs> I don't know shit about Halo. I just know that I like playing the games. They're fun. Same. Yeah, I've, I've. There's more to it. Um, I, I have dropped off the face of the earth with Halo. I used to read all the books up until like Halo Three ODST or Halo Reach came out. But there's been like ten or eleven more books since then, and I just have not, not kept up with it. Yeah. On an unrelated note, speaking of Halo and its origins, Bungie. Oh yeah. okay that was a good transition yeah (laughs) yeah but 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 take this go fuck yourself (laughs) yeah no 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 well that's no i'll take it i'll take it i deserve it i deserve that one um just recently became acquired by sony in one of the weirdest deals i have ever seen on paper so they were acquired for what was it 3.8 billion dollars yeah, not something. a large acquisition, but big enough. That's still big money, and I get it. Bungie is a smaller studio than what it once was. Um, but like all the stipulations in place around this deal are, are strange. So Sony is pretty much just going to be their sugar daddy, in in a way. Yeah. Like they're they're going to give them money to produce things, but it's been stated by Bungie that they're still going to deliver games multi-platform. There aren't going to be platform-exclusive anything. So I was surprised to hear what that. What I have heard about this acquisition is that uh, Sony has done it for the IP of Destiny in order to make um, TV shows. That's what I heard, too. But Which would be dope. But one thing I want to raise is I, I saw that announcement that you're talking about, I don't know if there's been further discussion, but just reading that announcement, they don't explicitly imply that Xbox could be one of those multiple platforms. It could be PlayStation and PC is what they're talking about. That could that could be a way that I see it coming out in the end, because that also seems weird to me that they bought a studio for the sake of supporting them. But I guess the whole TV show or movie thing that Ryan's talking about could definitely be a thing. Um, I think that would be a great idea if they made Destiny movies or TV series or both. I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. I think that Destiny's story is convoluted enough as it is that they don't really have grounds to to build anything as of right now. And if they did, it would just be retelling of storylines that we have already seen. And like that, yeah, could but they could or a retcon. But they could also tell it from the perspective of a fire team of three. Um, yeah 
And I would prefer it if they did that in like the this era of the last city. So we have the characters that we're familiar with in Destiny as sort of uh, like our our vanguard leaders and like the ones that sort of give the main characters their objectives. But I don't think it leaves a ton of room for storytelling unless they're willing to build for years and years. Well, I mean, they can. There's a lot of source material to dig through. Like, There's a lot of stuff there. Oh, yeah, and there's tons of lore, and they could definitely make a good story around it. But just going off of the history of video game adaptations to movies and TV, I I have very large doubts that they're going to dig deep enough into the lore to make a story that actually has any semblance of the universe. I think it's more so going to just be um, characters... Uh, in a, a very like buddy cop kind of situation where they're just going around doing shit in the galaxy against familiar enemy types. Hmm. You don't think that the darkness could be a looming threat and that we could get the events of, let's say, Destiny 1 or hell, even the events of Destiny 2? I mean, the most I could see happening is them going with like the Crota storyline and then having it build to Oryx and then Savathun in Destiny 2. That seems like the smartest move for me if they're going to to build off of the storyline in the Destiny universe. Right. Uh, just because that's the only one that really goes from DLC to DLC and tells a continuous story. What even was the main bad guy in Destiny 1? It wasn't anything. It was the, the Black <laughs> Garden, right? The heart in the Black Garden? The heart of darkness? Yeah, kind of. And then I'll, that was only to the end of the story. And then you do the Vault of Glass raid, which loosely ties into it but not really and then from there they branch off into the hive story with crota and oryx and then like every dlc tells a different story in the first game and none of them really line up with each other interesting it's it's very odd the second game is a lot more story driven um from season to season uh which is really good uh, and they could definitely build some good stories off of that. But the groundwork that they have to go through to get to that point, they have to go the extra mile to to have a semblance of a good story arc. I could agree to that. Um, but I mean, at least the future of Destiny will... I don't think the future of Destiny is going to be um, exclusive to PlayStation and PC. I, I think it's going to be across all all accounts. But I mean, I Bungie, Bungie doesn't like just have... Uh, Destiny, like they they are working on a separate IP right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I've heard that too. And the thing about Bungie is, I know they they had a bad history with like Microsoft that they're now like amicable, but um, they've they've rejected Microsoft's offers in the past to become one of their studios. They may and, live to regret that. Yeah, but I feel like that's part of the reason that they didn't quite sign exclusivity deals with Sony is because I think Bungie right now prides themselves on being quite independent. Oh, yeah, but, and that'll never change. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, like Sony, I'm, I'm really curious what happened there because I would imagine Sony, Sony's whole thing was that they would want exclusivity to compete with Microsoft's Game Pass. Yeah, you would definitely think that given all the acquisitions that Microsoft is doing. And I, I totally agree. It seems like a weird decision on Sony's part to do this, um, especially with Bungie's track record of working with them previously, where they did have um, uh, an exclusivity deal in a sense with Destiny, where PlayStation would get exclusive content like uh, PvP maps or exotic weapons. Oh, since uh, day one, too, though. Yeah. 
And every every DLC would release another map or another gun or something that was exclusive to PlayStation players. For a, a year, I think, was the... Or more. The Hawkmoon was exclusive well, it, to PlayStation for longer than that. That only changed because they uh, they renegotiated their terms. Otherwise, we weren't going to get Hawkmoon. We weren't going to get uh, whatever the other terrible gun was. It, the other one was <laughs> awful. And then, like, two really shitty maps in the Crucible. So we weren't we weren't missing out on much aside from the Hawkmoon, uh, but they renegotiated their terms for year three of Destiny One, which is why uh, we got all of those guns brought to us, and then everything just started releasing at the same pace for console. Right. Yeah. So now that they've re-signed, I I expect we'll see something like that, where there's just a couple of things here and there that are exclusive to PlayStation. But for the majority, their games and their IPs are going to be cross-platform. Mm. You know what? I, I I really wonder if if they're mostly doing this because they maybe have a higher player count on Xbox than than PlayStation. Hmm. And like, like you, you guys think that could get be... people to switch? Yeah. It, it, like for now, they're gonna keep it on on both platforms, but maybe ten years down the line when sony has funneled so much reasons for them to switch to playstation exclusively then then maybe they'll make um bungie almost entirely exclusive maybe when when destiny is like done and and dead has been dead for a while i mean that's not a bad call because something similar did happen around year two of destiny one uh people started leaving the xbox community uh in favor of a playstation because of like exclusive content and whatnot right so we definitely saw uh, a large increase of players switching consoles um especially if they were hardcore destiny players because of reasons like that and it only took a year after release (laughs) so you definitely might be in the right ballpark there yeah yeah i just feel like it'd be an easier way to settle in because as soon as you announce that oh this is going to be exclusive i feel like people panic and they like, yeah, they're they're like, oh no, they're never gonna support this console anymore, and games on it will basically be obsolete, and they're not gonna post updates for the game, like as soon as it goes through. But like that's wrong because not only does it take a long time for those deals to go through, but like there's contractual ap- obligations that they have to like uphold. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It should be interesting to see the the future of Destiny. Uh, but I mean, like, well, until what, then, we've still got, we've got, what, Witch Queen releasing in a couple weeks? Yep. I think three weeks. And that's going to be and a great time. So one thing I'm curious about Destiny is, I, I know that when the first Destiny came out, they were like, we're not even going to make a, a sequel. This is just going to be a game that's, like, updated for, like, ten years. And then, like, lo and behold, they did end up making a sequel game, because I guess it, it was, like, a different engine or, or whatever they did to it. Yeah. Um, but is there going to be a Destiny 3 or is Destiny 2 going to be like it? So, I'm, yeah, go ahead, Ron. It's, it's sort of up in the air right now. There is there is a lot of talks about a Destiny 3 happening. Um, and it's primarily because of uh, the split that they did with Activision. And now they have more creative control over their own product. So, when it came to things like the super abilities and the subclasses in Destiny 2, it was a very linear experience, and there isn't really any room whatsoever for customization. You just sort of pick one tree or the other for your abilities. Yeah. Um, and that was very different from the first one, where you had fully customizable trees and all of that. But 
they've Bungie has stated that they want it to be more like an MMO type experience. Uh, so they're doing a lot of reworks, especially this coming uh, year of Destiny with the subclasses to sort of um, push this uh, role specific builds where you have your tanks, your healers and your DPS checks and all of that. Do you think uh, we'll get proper classes though? So what I think is that they're doing essentially trial updates in Destiny 2 right now as they're kind of getting to the end of this chapter for Bungie and then they're going to fully introduce aspects like that in Destiny 3 when they have full creative control over their own product. But for now, it would be too drastic of a change to do all of that with uh, what they had been given by Activision. Right. So it would, it would essentially reshape the entire game and it would just, it, it, there's no way that it wouldn't release as complete broken garbage because they couldn't do that in time. <laughs> in the game, it just, it wouldn't work feasibly. It just doesn't make sense for them to try. No, it but, would take a lot of effort to implement a proper RPG um, element to it. Oh yeah, especially in Destiny, where we we've gone so far in the other direction, where it doesn't really matter what subclass or character type you're running, you can complete anything with any grouping of these characters with right. little to no struggle. But I, I don't know; it's hard to say. I mean, a new engine uh, could definitely be another reason why they make a third game. Uh, the second game more so happened on a new engine because it was easier for them to make content on it. Like the the end game content was easier for them to make on a newer engine. Right. So that might be another reason why they switch and uh, decide to make a, a third game instead of continually updating this one. You think we'll get a Destiny on the Unreal 5? I think that would be awesome. I think that'd be too awesome. I don't think people I, would be ready for it. Ooh. I, God. I think Just- brains would melt. Just a quick yeah. thought. Um, with with Sony now having a deal with Bungie, um, do you think they're they're going to make anything VR related? Hmm. Oh, that's actually an interesting. Because I feel like that'd be a good way to get like exclusives. Like we're seeing with Horizon that they're doing like a I don't know if it's a spinoff or what, but they're doing a Horizon based VR experience. What if they did that for Destiny? Because the like it's basically entirely first person, aside from a couple of abilities and weapons. So they they could do some form of oh, like man, like Destiny beta version VR. of Destiny VR. It, it's possible. I don't know that I would be able to handle that. That'd be ridiculous. That'd I mean, be it too probably, cool. It probably wouldn't run very well, but it would still be awesome just to see them making strides like that in in VR gaming. What what do you mean by you don't think it would run very well? Destiny is a kind of a taxing game. It it, it requires a lot of uh, of processing, and I think I don't think VR capabilities would be able to oh. meet that standard. I think you would have to drop in quality drastically uh, just to to not have ridiculous amounts of screen tearing using a VR. Oh, I I I feel like that's kind of a given. But I know that the the new PSVR two, I'm pretty sure it has 120 hertz refresh rate. Um, but um, a- anyways, I, I feel like the the translation for games into VR is never about retaining the complexity of the game. You're never gonna have a, like a clean transfer over. Otherwise, it would just like 
feel like you're playing the game just with a screen that's closer to your eyes, you know? The whole VR experience is like the interactability of it. So I feel like right. if Destiny were to come to PSVR, it would be a completely different type of game altogether. It would not be the mm -hmm. same like third person shooter that it is. Well, like obviously it would be first person and um I mean, Destiny is first person though. Is it not third person? Only when nope. you're holding swords. Oh, okay. I guess that's what gameplay I see the most of, so my <laughs> mistake. But um yeah, it, I I don't think it would be a shooter uh, in in that sense at least not a fast-paced one it would definitely have to slow down it would then they would have to give you elements of interactivity amongst yeah. all of the, the junk and shit in the area right unless Imagine. they really want to go ahead hmm? ollie oh unless they really want to surprise us with like the the jumps of of what psvr2 is going to be like already the controllers are very different and they look a lot more um versatile than like just the fucking light stick controllers that they have <laughs> the, the weird lollipop thing yeah so like maybe just by like angling your hand you can move because i found that was the biggest drawback for me when playing a friend's i think it was an htc vive that we had and the controllers you still had like a d-pad basically to like move your character or you could aim in the game to and then like click the trigger to move in that location and you would teleport all the way around but that kind of made you a little bit like motion sick to teleport like that in certain games so i'm curious if their new controllers just allow you to like bend your hands in the direction you want to move and like it'll allow for more fast-paced gameplay that was kind of what I was going to say as well. Just like, I, I mean, this more so goes for Alex because you haven't played a ton of Destiny, but can you imagine how nauseous it would be just like doing double jumps in that game? Riding a sparrow? Oh, man. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> just like, oh, the motion like, sickness. Like, like doing Deep Stone Crypt in <laughs> VR would be that alone. I, I mean, I don't get motion sickness from that kind of stuff. I think it would be epic, but I think I would have a hard time keeping track of what was going on. And until we hit that Ready Player One shit, I don't think yeah. we'll be able to see a game like Destiny in VR. Not anytime soon. Yeah, well, I agree. the one thing about motion sickness as well is I think this PSVR 2 is the first... Um, I, I've been seeing it mentioned, um, but it, it's going to have like the first kind of technology of its kind to eliminate motion sickness because in all the other vr setups except for like the oculus go or whatever it is you quest. need a quest you need a you need a camera to like calibrate where you are so that it mm -hmm. knows where you're like looking and yeah. apparently something about that setup causes um uh motion sickness for some people um so they're apparently having like the cameras on the outside of the the headset that will oh the the quest does that the quest has that yeah the it's on the outside Okay, and it'll have haptic feedback as well for your face. So, and apparently that that'll eliminate um, a lot of motion sickness in people. I don't need haptic feedback for my face. I want it for my body. Yeah, I want a haptic suit. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. But I don't think it's going to be the haptic feedback, as in if somebody punches you in the game, you're going to feel a punch. I think it's, I, I think it's more so that. Well, I mean, it, I would hope I wouldn't feel a, the full blunt force of a punch, <laughs> but a little sting here and there, I wouldn't be against. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's more going to be like if you bend over 
like forward, then it's not going to feel like you have this weight on your face. It's somehow going to like eliminate that. I'm interested in seeing how they're going to do that with yeah. this yeah. new alien technology they're using. Yeah, well, they haven't even revealed <laughs> what it looks like yet, right? But but rumors are that it's it's supposed to come out um, at the by the end of this year, Q3 or Q4. And is is PlayStation VR two a rumor or is it a confirmed thing to happen? Oh, it is a confirmed thing to happen. There's like a, a website, um, not a website, like a web page on the PlayStation website for it, and it even updated just the other day, which was nice. Like, started a bunch of rumors, but they've they've announced what the controllers will be. They've announced the specs of the headset. They haven't announced what the always controllers. Why haven't we figured out? gloves yet i mean there is this like high school kid that invented these gloves that could translate your finger movements into like text to speech basically for people who are um doing sign language sure but why not have gloves for vr instead of bulky controllers you have to hold on to with haptic feedback so when you're pulling triggers you can feel it vibrate in your finger i mean eventually i get why controllers exist because not every game like you know but not everybody has a an omnidirectional pad right so you need something for movement but we're not far off from omnidirectionals being more and more mainstream here's here's my compromise do you guys know what the toby is no no okay so it it's an it's an eye tracking software you can buy it for like a 100 bucks you put it above your computer and it'll track your eye movements so you can click icons you can play video games and like move your character where you're looking like it it it's like an algorithm that like knows what you want to do by the way you your eye focuses on the object no no thank you do you know why because this is how skynet builds itself slowly by learning from us and then slowly taking over our world yeah but it it's been around for <laughs> it's been around for a while um they didn't they use similar uh, stuff in fighter jets for pilots for targeting. Yeah, sure. I don't I'm know that. Quite actually. certain. I'm quite certain that was a thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's been around for a while, and a number of games support it. I know Dying Light is one of them, and it made me always curious to buy it. But what I'm thinking is, why don't they integrate that into VR so that like you don't even need the controllers to move around and 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 yeah, like that I mean, would it's eliminate. Very possible. That it's would eliminate the need for the um, the omnidirectional pad. No, you need an omnidirectional. There's no compromise oh. on that one. Omni or nothing. Well, I guess they do have that in those. Um, what is it here in Lethbridge? It's called like Control V or something, and it's like um, a VR um, arcade. Arcade, yeah. And they have the omnidirectional pads. It's just a huge. Um, like purchase right they are I'm, uh, i I'm keep sh- seeing them pop up all over facebook because matt is listening to me at all times yeah i think it's are I, they i don't even remember like 1400 bucks whoa it's called a well, cat just, something or something cat we'll just be like that one guy who streams on twitch that like plays games on a um fuck what's that dancing game that had like the PDR pad. yeah oh yeah yeah he plays it with the pad yeah you know that's not cool anymore that was cool back years ago when that became a thing but nobody gives a shit anymore yeah it's like people who play games on like drum pads and shit or play games with like musical keyboards they've retrofitted to control like it it, it, it's cool but it's gimmicky let it go Mm -hmm. 
I once saw a guy that think they're talented. Uh, I don't know how he did it, but he hooked up an actual potato to his setup and used it to play Destiny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is this is this the same guy or is this the guy that like lives in Hawaii and he like makes a bunch of videos where he like invents these like crazy contraptions? No, I think it was I an American name. I also saw him make a video of like, well, Hawaii is an American state. Yeah. He he's like a guy Whatever. with glasses and black hair. <laughs> he's he he's like a young looking guy. Like he's he's like our age or something. Maybe I don't know, guy. but you wanna you wanna impress me? I'll tell you what you can do. You can beat Dark Souls on a potato. You can beat huh. Dark Souls on a potato. I will be impressed. Anything short of that, <laughs> you're nothing. Agreed. <laughs> Fuck me. What were we even talking about? What were we talking about in the last like few minutes here? Um, something about Bungie. Shit, I don't even know. Doesn't even matter. We're starting to close in on uh, on time here anyway, so I think it's a good place to wrap up. Yeah, I, I agree. Any closing thoughts on Bungie and the future of Bungie? Nope. nope. Not for me. I think that about covers it. Hell yeah. All right, well, I guess it's, uh, guess it's time for shout-outs. A good, uh, good shout-out to uh, our buddy, Matt the Rat, over at Rat House Productions. R-A-T-T-H-A-U-S dot net. Um, he's our one of few content publishers. He's the R-O-G. He's the one that actually puts our stuff out for us. Uh, without you, we, uh, we'd have to do it ourselves, and that's no fun. That's no bueno. So thank you, Matt. Uh, speaking of Rat House, you can find other podcasts over there of the likes of... Uh, or not of the likes. I don't know why I said that. It's because I'm high. Um, <laughs> other podcasts like... Twat FM or the world according to fear and MDI shout outs to uh, Sean and MDI because uh, you guys got me into podcasting so this is uh, oh yeah um, and uh, what else we got oh Joe over at Blind Knowledge he is our other <laughs> content publisher um, who cross promotes our stuff and is helping to get us out to more and more of you fantastic listeners so blind knowledge is a is a i guess an organization conglomerate i don't know what you want to call it a group of podcasts um that we all belong to the same kind of company it's awesome uh anybody out there who has a podcast if you're listening get in touch man it's a it's a great free way to get uh cross-promoted and to, to grow your fucking network and channel so uh shout outs over that way you guys got any shout outs nope not this time not this time. Do you ever have any shout-outs that aren't Ryan? Yeah. Well, no. Not that. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Ollie, if people want to find you on the internet, you and you alone and not Ryan, where do they find you? Oh, God. See, I've only memorized Ryan's Instagram. I don't know what mine is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Ruiz on Instagram. Ruiz. And you're only on Instagram, eh? Yeah, for now. Yeah, I mean, like, I just don't know if, like, was, was there any recent developments? Were you like, fuck it, let's do no. a... No, that's no, okay. No, like, I, I like to keep my, my social media very contained. I'm not a very big Twitter person. I tried when Twitter first became a thing, but I still don't really get Twitter, so... No, I, I feel that. I'm still learning Twitter, and I've had it for... Actually, I don't know how long. Probably since when we started, uh, or just before we started the pot, actually, is when I had Twitter trying to learn how to use it. And I'll tell you, not very good at it, uh, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting the hang of it. Um, but Ryan, 
people want to find you on the interwebs, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and on Twitch at Synthetic7S. Uh, I'll be streaming Wednesday or, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays. Um, various different wow. things. Uh, we are, I don't know what we're going to do on Wednesdays after this watch party is over, um, but definitely tune in on, on Wednesday for episode seven of Book of Boba. And we'll be having a conversation, uh, hopefully all together at the end of the episode. And then obviously, oh, again, yeah. but feel free to stop by. Absolutely. Uh, and then if you want to find me on Instagram or Twitter, you can find me on Instagram at Snurfin or on Twitter at the real Snurfin, or you can find the podcast on both Instagram and Twitter at nerdy Nomicron. And like I said, at the top of the show, we have a Twitch channel. Uh, that I'm hoping we can we can do group stuff, and I'm gonna I I know once I start my my new game plus of God of War, I'm definitely gonna want to stream that. Um, I definitely did not want to stream my first playthrough because I'm learning how to play it. I don't want you to think I'm some noob um, <laughs> because I kind of am, and I make stupid combat decisions. But that's okay. Uh, I definitely will be uh, will be streaming that. I'm hopefully want to get, get started on that in the next week or so. I don't think I have much left of God of War, to be honest. I think I'm kind of near the end. Uh, and that's oh. what, whatever the Twitch extension URL thing is, uh, Nerdy Domicron. You, you can find us just, just by searching our, our uh, podcast name. Holy fuck, I'm slowing <laughs> down here. <laughs> um, did I miss anything? No, that's it, eh? That's it. We do... No. We do socials and then uh, and then we end the show. This concludes episode eighteen. I don't know how many more times I'm gonna do the this concludes thing, but sometimes it's fun. Uh, yeah. Till next time, folks. Peace. See you.